One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my friend, and welcome back, hopefully, to Catch Up with Louise McSharry, or welcome if you are listening for the first time. This is the podcast that aims to catch you up on the week if you haven't been paying attention to the news or to popular culture or indeed to anything. Do not worry. I've got you. By the end of this hour, hopefully you will feel clued in. Um, I will warn you, there was one news story this week that I was like, the whole week I was like, I can't bring myself to care about this. I'll just get Aoife to explain it to me on Friday. And then she did explain it to me and I still don't care. Uh, But look, I know what it's about. And that's the whole point of this is that you can head into your weekend or your week safe in the knowledge that you haven't missed anything major. Um, I hope you had a great week. I had a good one. I think I can, like, I literally cannot remember one day to the next. When I was recording with Aoife this morning, she was asking me what I did over the weekend. I was like, couldn't tell you. Um, Not much. Halloween, obviously, that was fun with the kids. And then actually last night I had a really, really good night. Um, I was invited by the HIST, which is one of Trinity's debating societies, to go and be like a, a, I think it's like honorary chair of their comedy debate, which basically means that the motion that they were putting forward wasn't a serious one. It was this house regrets the romanticization of the shag and... (laughs) I honestly had such a ball. They were all so funny, so articulate. Um, And I always get like a little bit nervous these days. No, that's not true. I mean, I don't often find myself in a situation where I'm old and everybody else is young. Um, But I, you know, I I don't know. There's so much made about like generation gaps and stuff. I kind of didn't know what would it be like, but it was amazing. They were great. I could have, like actually I was saying to Gordon afterwards, I had was having a a wine with them afterwards. And I said, you know, I actually could have stayed for way longer, but I didn't want to be the weird old person kind of hanging around. Hi to um, everyone who maybe was there and listens to the podcast. Hello. Um, I met a few of you and that was really lovely. Um, It was, yeah, it was great. And it was also kind of brought me back to my own college days and had me thinking about all of the terrible mistakes I made then and (laughs) how fun it would be to do college again now, you know, with like the confidence and, you know, dare I say, wisdom of being an older person. Um, It would be so fun because... 
you know, you just don't get an opportunity to be kind of part of a community, I guess, in the way that you do when you're in college. And, and you know, yes, you have responsibilities and you have to worry about learning and stuff, but like there's also a freedom to it that's really special. And um, I particularly feel for this generation of college students who are finishing up or coming to the end of their college career this year, but, you know, who missed out on a year or two of actual you know, normal college life. Um, certainly some of the people I was speaking to last night are feeling really sad about the fact that they missed out and um, also really trepidatious about the world that they're kind of entering into or should I say the country that they're entering into because, you know, they really know that most of their friends will head off in different directions around the world because very difficult to be in Ireland right now, very expensive, very hard to get the work experience you need. Um, and yeah, that was kind of a little bit disheartening. And having said goodbye to many of my own friends over the last couple of decades, I couldn't offer them any reassurance. But what I will say is that they were so bright and fun and entertaining. I don't know the last time I laughed so much. Vicious also at times because they, they just were essentially roasting some of their friends who were there in attendance. And I was like, why don't we get to publicly roast our friends more often? There's a lot to be said for a debate. Um, I should have done more of it when I had my chance. Anyway, yeah, it was loads of fun, loads of fun. And um, thank you very much to the Hist for inviting me to to come because I really enjoyed it. Now, though, um, I suppose we better get on with the podcast. We have got lots to talk about this week, and we will start with our news recap. Um, so it's funny. Some people have said to me recently, like, you know, I never really thought I would have like been interested in the news. Um, but I do like it when you and Nifa talk about it, and I'm so glad to hear that because the point is not to bore you. The point is not to kind of you know force people to engage with current affairs but it, it we are better off if we just have a even just a tiny clue of what's going on and Aoife certainly entertained me this week so I'm sure she'll do the same for you. Aoife Moore political correspondent at the Sunday Times Ireland hello to you we are in my car. We are in your car. Such a luxurious environment. Eamon <laughs> Ryan would be fuming. Excuse me Eamon Ryan I think would be would you be happy with me like we are driving this car into the ground like we yeah. are we are really it's in bits but we are not going to get a new car because we and want to get an electric car when the time comes. Because it's my podcast studio as well. Exactly. So. And we only have one car, four person family, one car. You know, these oh. are all all things that are on my side as far as Eamon Ryan's concerned. <laughs> um, anyway, we have got lots to talk about and let's start with Father Sean Sheehy. Yes. So Father Sean Sheehy is making a name for himself. Mm. Um, he is a retired priest. He lived in America for quite a long time and he has come back to Ireland. He gave um, a sermon in the Kerry town of Listowel at the weekend, which really upset people. I believe around 30 people got up and left mm. as he was saying the homily. Um, the quotes are, we see it, for example, in the promotion of sex between two men and two women. That is sinful. That is a mortal sin. And people don't seem to realize it. Is it a fact, a reality that we need to listen to God about it? Because if we don't, then there is no hope for these people. He went on um, to kind of this tirade against gay people and transgender people and said, you know, that the politicians who engage in same-sex relationships or support same-sex relationships um, were going to go to hell. Um, which I thought, it, one of my most heartwarming things about this story is that the priest was heckled by parishioners during the Mass. Wow. And then 30 people got up and left. He's been taken off the roster um, by the Bishop of Kerry, Ray Brown. Um, Ray Brown came out with a very strong statement and said, you know, that these are not the views of the modern Catholic Church and he will not um, 
be saying mass anymore. But I hang on, but aren't they? I, I what does that mean? Like they aren't the views of the modern Catholic Church? Because as far like I did a lot of Googling about this over mm-hmm. the last couple of days, because when I saw people were shocked, I was like, I don't understand why people are shocked. Because like, we know that the Catholic Church doesn't support gay sex. We yeah. know that the Catholic I think Church in the recent in recent times anyway, from what I don't go to chapel anymore, but from people I know that do go to chapel, it is very much um a love of the center, so called center, alleged center type thing. And there is um a lot more liberal, especially in Ireland anyway, mm-hmm. kind of view of homosexuality and homosexual relationships. Like I get I get that, but you can you can go to like, you can go to a mass where the priest is liberal and the priest, you know, doesn't agree that, you know, these are mortal sins or mm-hmm. whatever. But, like, if the doctrine of the actual church mm-hmm. is that these things are mortal sins, mm-hmm. which, as far as I know, and I, I am happy to be corrected on this, no, I think they are, yeah. that is what the Catholic Church believes, yeah. then you are still subscribing to mm-hmm. a religion which has these beliefs. Mm-hmm. I think it's because in Ireland we just don't hear this sort of stuff anymore. And I do think it's worth pointing out that Father Sheehy lived in America for a long time, which maybe he thought this was acceptable. Not acceptable in Ireland. So it has caused absolute commotion, rightly. Um, we can. There's a different podcast in which we could discuss whether giving him more airtime is a good idea. Mm-hmm. But he was invited on Liveline. He was on News Talk. He was brought on the news at one, given more airtime to say these incredibly hateful things against our LGBTQI brothers and sisters. And, you know, people are rightly outraged. Leo Vragger was called out by name um, about his gay relationship and that how he was bound for hell. Um, you know, government ministers are very quick to come out and say, you know, he's completely wrong. Leo Vragger deserves an apology. Um but it has also come out in the time since, and these things, it always does. Uh, Father Sheehy, who once supported a convicted sex offender. Yep. Um, so 13 years ago, Father Sheehy converted, I, rem- I remember this. gave a witness statement um, for a 35-year-old who was convicted of sexually assaulting a 22-year-old woman on the morning of June the 16th, 2008, in a car park at the back of Mermaid's Nightclub in the centre of Lestrol. He received a sentence of seven years in prison uh, for the two finals he suspended. The priest hugged the sex offender afterward and said, I just want to support him. Just let him know he was not alone. Do you know he feels alone after hearing Father Sheehy's sermon? A lot of LGBTQ people, and it doesn't mm-hmm. appear that Father Sheehy is in any way worried about how they feel. Mm-hmm. This is, you may remember, this particular rape trial was where um, fifty around 50 people queued up to shake hands with the man who was convicted, and mm-hmm. Father Sheehy was among them. Like... Look, I mean, I there are people who I know and love who are Catholic who go to Mass every week and I obviously support everyone's right to practice whatever religion they see fit. However, I think we all need to be just a little bit more honest about the religions that we subscribe to. And you, you, you can't pretend like these beliefs are not part of Catholicism mm-hmm. and the very things that are at the root of the beliefs. And like, I hope the people who were shocked by this this week sit back and consider if maybe Catholicism is the right religion for them. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't believe those things, then maybe it's not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Mark McSharry was all over the news this week. Oh, what? When, what was this about? When is he not? I mean, I have to tell you, 
lot of time for Mark McSharry as a person. He's incredible. No relation, by the way, just for the record. Incredibly good crack. So Mark McSharry of the McSharry dynasty of Fianna Fáil politicians. Once again, no relation. No relation. M-A-C. Both good crack. Both McSharrys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So um, for those who you don't remember, Mark McSharry left the Fianna Fáil Parliamentary Party at the start of the summer last year. He wanted to vote no confidence in the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Simon Coveney at the time, and resigned from the Fianna Fáil Parliamentary Party. Now, this is where people are getting confused. He did not leave Fianna Fáil as a member, Mm. but he left the Parliamentary Party and became an independent. He was, there had been talks for a long time that Mark should be brought back into the fold. That, you know, he has been Fianna Fáil TD and a county councillor in Sligo for a very long time. His dad, also very um, well-known Fianna Fáil TD, as there tends to be with these dynasties. And there was chat of him coming back, right? It had been floated. He was at the Ardèche and stuff. So mm. it was like, oh, we're going to bring him back. Then um, at the parliamentary party meeting a couple of weeks ago where he was due to come back, it was announced very vaguely that an issue had arisen, I believe Mm. was the quote that was given. No further evidence was going. So obviously the rumour mill went mental. And I would say rumour mills in most workplaces are bad. The rumour mill in Leinster House is insane. The things I have heard about myself. My God, what a crazy imaginary life I must lead. (laughs) Um, So what actually... Uh, happened was a complaint was made about Mark McSharry from a local councillor in Sligo who said that Mark McSharry in a WhatsApp group chat had used a kind of disparaging language and given off about this councillor going on the radio and criticising uh, McSharry and Fianna Fáil's uh, attempts to get better cardiac services in the local hospital. This is a very localised issue. However, the Sligo councillor took great exception to the way Mark McSharry spoke to him and went to the leadership of Fianna Fáil with this complaint. And this is why Fianna Fáil said that they were looking into it. They were putting his remittance into the party on hold. However, um, now Mark McSharry is obviously very upset. He has accused Micheál Martin of using the complaint for political gain at a national level. Uh, in a statement, he said, This has resulted from the failure of the Taoiseach as leader of the party to allow a proper investigation of a recent complaint on a political issue made against me by a councillor in my constituency. Um, instead of arranging an investigation of this local political dispute, the Taoiseach used the complaint for political gain at national level to delay and prevent my readmission to the parliamentary party. So then Mark McSharry said... I was about to swear there. Mark McSharry just said, listen, lads, that's me. I'm away. He has fully resigned from Fianna Fáil. He is no longer a member. He will continue to represent uh, the Sligo Leitrim constituency, but he is no longer a member of Fianna Fáil after many, many years. And the party, um, the Taoiseach said, we've, rece- we've received Mark McSharry's resignation and we wish him well in the future, and we strongly reject the assertions made by Deputy McShay. Right, this is a story that I just couldn't bring myself to care about during the week, but I could see that I, it was everywhere, so I was like, we better talk about it, but now I still can't bring myself no, to care I about it. I also would say um, there's no doll this week, which is why this story okay. is <laughs> like, so much creepy. Exactly. <laughs> okay, all right, well, I can talk that down to something I don't care about. Um, <laughs> something I do care about, actually, is Matt Hancock. Oh, <laughs> my Being on I'm a celeb. God. No, I... <laughs> I am not an I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, watcher. I am. I will be <laughs> glued to this. So for people who don't remember, yes. a little brief lowdown on who Matt Hancock is. Former health secretary Matt Hancock, Hancock who like allegedly drove the NHS into the ground. 
not my words, someone else's. Um, he is still a serving MP, but has said, no, no, I'm going to um, take some time off. And he is going into the jungle and he has lost the Conservative Party whip because Parliament is still sitting. Like he still has a full time job. And he was like, no, no, I'm away to the jungle. I'm going on. I'm a celebrity. Um, people may remember Matt Hancock as the health secretary who was caught on CCTV. Oh, I remember. <laughs> having a very intimate moment with his personal assistant. Uh, the video was then released to the UK tabloids. It's like it burned was into my brain. Same. So he also, I want to point out, was the UK health secretary. This was during lockdown, mm. during the COVID pandemic. Mm, mm-hmm. He was having an affair with his personal assistant. And the image of how that man touches a woman's arse will haunt my, <laughs> my dreams forever. That's how I know he's going to die in the jungle because he can't even grab a woman's arse properly. Well, like, as you sent me a tweet where someone was like, it was like Ian Beale weeping or like, and, and it was Matt Hancock after he has to do his 151st Bush Tucker trial. Like, surely he's just going to have to do he all is. of the bad stuff. And as you said, he just obviously very arrogantly is like, oh, they'll lo- once they get to know me, they'll yeah, love I me. I think a lot of politicians feel that if the public could just see the real them, mm. then the public would like them. This is very misguided. Like, I feel like I'm quite a sound person, but I'm sure if the public got to know me, they'd hate me as well. <laughs> like, it's not, that's not how it works. It's like the Prince Andrew thing. Yeah. Like, oh, I can talk myself out of this. So, yeah, he's going into the jungle. Um, people are saying, you know, <laughs> someone said, Ian Holder, a Conservative councillor in Suffolk Council, said he's got thick skin like a rhinoceros, quite frankly. And other Tory MP, Jim Luton, <laughs> said Matt Hancock had been an absolute prat. Well... If the cap fits, Matt, I will be watching with great interest. I cannot wait. I'm actually into I'm a Celeb. Now, I haven't enjoyed the last few years, but there was a series a few years ago, which was honestly like the most joyful, uplifting thing. They all really got on. It was really wholesome and lovely. On it. Stanley. And he became friends with like a tough. Tough. Yes, I yes. liked that one too. Yes. That was a good one. That See? was a good one. And I'm optimistic about this year because now we're going off piece a little bit, but Olivia Atwood from Love Island is in it and she was, oh, you'll love her. Okay. Very no nonsense. She was top quality TV on Love Island. So I think okay. I, I think it's going to be good. Okay, uh, a, a brief lowdown on what happened with the Brazilian election, please. Yes, this is good news. Um, so Brazil up till the other day had a far right strongman Trump-like president called Jair Bolsonaro. There was a presidential election on Sunday. Um, I know people maybe saw the queues in Croke Park. Huge queues. It yeah, was amazing to see. we have a see. huge Brazilian community in Ireland, so they're allowed to vote in their presidential elections. Bolsonaro, um, I don't have anything good to say about him. He's incredibly homophobic. He has helped destroy the Amazon rainforest. He is incredibly far right. He gets on with Trump. He was terrible over COVID-19 um, in a country that already has, you know, severe issues with poverty in certain areas. Mm. So he has been defeated in an election by a fella called Lula. You know, like in a Boris thing, if you want to get your first name, he only gets mm. uh, Lula. He was going through the kind of Trump line of only God could remove him from office and said, you know, if if I am beaten, it'll be because of corruption. People were quite afraid that they weren't going to get rid of him. However, he has broken his silence and said that he would abide by the Brazilian constitution. Um, Lula, you know, is seen as this very progressive 
um, changed. Like it's they've literally swung from the far right to the left, um, which is different. It was so close as well. So it's gone from uh, Lula got fifty point nine percent and Bolsonaro got forty nine point one. Um, the yeah. elections were judged free, fair, and credible, and Lula is due to take over. Um, Lula is a kind of basically kind of come from nowhere kind of fella, mm. but I think Brazilian people, especially after COVID, have had enough of the strongman, much like Americans have had enough of the strongman. And the the biggest thing I think that people will remember Lula for is that he is very interested in climate change. And we know mm. that climate change is a massive issue in Brazil yeah. with the rainforest and the Amazon. Bolsonaro basically denied yeah. climate change, whereas Lula has said that he is going to conserve their wildlife, their biodiversity, mm. and trying to fight climate change. Amazing. I saw Michael D. Higgins wrote him um, nice a great letter inviting him to come to Ireland for a state visit and referred to that climate change mm-hmm. conversation in the letter. Okay, before we go, we have to talk about our favourite clown shoe, Elon <sighs> Musk. He's really making his presence known on Twitter, isn't he? I've taken a big step back from Twitter for obvious reasons. Um, mm. This is probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Mm. Because, okay, so... Um, Elon Musk, grade A clown shoe, has bought Twitter and said he is now going to charge $8, which is around €7 a month, to Twitter users who want a blue tick by including their name uh, and their verified account. He said that the blue tick, which is currently free... um, And also not something that you... Like, it's given to you. Like, you don't... It kind of just happens. Yeah. Um, I was working as a journalist for, like, seven or eight years before I got one. Um... Basically, he said that you will get priority in mentions and replies. Yeah. Um, there will be a number of kind of pros that go along with it. However, as someone said to me, I read the other day, someone was like, imagine, you know, the people who start paying for their blue ticket, it'll be like a kick me sign. <laughs> <laughs> the other, there's huge issues with this, you know, that like governments and state actors can then get priority in replies. Yeah. It completely ruins the democratization of this, um, Elon Musk, who is so called the so called champion of free speech, has yeah. now decided the free speech costs eight quid. Yeah. Um, uh, this has become like a huge issue for Twitter. He's only been in charge of it for a couple of weeks. You know, advertisers, IMG, that huge advertising company, have told people hold back, mm. don't advertise on Twitter anymore. This yeah. is way too chaotic. Yeah. Be really cautious. Most people are kind of stating that this will probably mean the end of Twitter for a lot of yeah. people. I'm definitely not going to pay for it. Oh, me tech. neither. I try. To I, didn't, spend, I never gave a shit about a blue yeah, tick. And I try and spend as little time on Twitter yeah. as possible at the moment. And that's before Elon Musk has even got his claws on it. And also, the purpose of the blue tick is not some sort of VIP system. The purpose of the blue tick is to... So you can just tell it's the actual person. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's to clarify that the person is the actual person. So you know only if they say something crazy, it's actually them saying There's it. only 400,000 verified users on Twitter. Okay, well, maybe we are VIPs. <laughs> Still not paying for it. I'm joking. Yeah. No, obviously I'm not paying for it. I like I would happily leave Twitter. To be honest, for a long time I've been like, why am I even here? But then every once in a while someone makes a really good joke and you're like, oh, Yeah, I know. Just can't quit. And you. like I think a lot of people have been really concerned because Elon Musk basically has said that he only wants to buy Twitter because he wants, you know, free speech. But that's not what Elon Musk no. wants. It's not free speech. Um, because if you make fun of him, I'm sure you'll have something to say about yeah. it. It's that he basically wants the Wild West of the internet. Yeah. Um, which, by anyone's stretch, Twitter already is. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, 
I have had, and I'm sure uh, many many people can relate to having rape threats and death threats, and people mm-hmm. are saying that they haven't violated their guidelines. So I am very concerned about what happens when Ian Moss takes over. Yeah, yeah. It seems like he just wants to make it less safe. Is really what it comes because down to. he's a really really wealthy white man, and most of the people who, on Twitter are not going after people like him. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I would happily leave Twitter, to yeah, be honest. Um, and I think a lot of people feel the same. So maybe, go, like, fair... What, where could we to... go? Maybe, like, maybe we could just change LinkedIn. People are... LinkedIn seems to be a, a very different place now. It's not for journalists, so we never really use no, it. No, I never really use no, it. It's, yeah. like, businessy people. Yeah. I what don't else? know. Apparently they're having go crack over there. I've I heard. find that hard to believe. I always say. Aoife Moore, political correspondent for the Sunday Times Ireland. Thank you so much. Andrew Horn is an entrepreneur, an activist, and a podcaster who lots of us know for her fabulous nail bar, Tropical Popical. I am a regular customer, I must admit. This week, Tropical Popical, or Trop Pop to its fans, turned 10, and I thought it was the perfect opportunity to talk to Andrea about a decade in business, choosing to make that business politically engaged, and why she's not interested in turning Trop Pop into a global empire. Andrea Horn, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I think you have such an interesting perspective on most things um, and I felt what better time to have a chat with you for the podcast than this week where your business Tropical Popical has turned 10. Can you believe it? I actually can't believe it's been 10 years. I like it twofold. One I'm like did my life exist before Tropical Popical? <laughs> um, and then I'm like oh my god how is 10 years of my life gone by? Yeah. It in an ale world and I just it's mad it's wild yeah tell me uh, for people who don't know um the origins of Trop Pop where did Tropical Popical come from what made you decide to start your own business um I've been working can you hear my dogs yes that's absolutely fine (laughs) atmosphere um I had been working in PR for 10 years in a job I adored and uh I started questioning if I wanted my job to be encouraging people to buy more so I was kind of awakening to my tomorrow life at mm. that stage and it was around the same time my dad died so I took a year off and went traveling with my sister and when we were away we got bored of talking to each other we developed a habit of going to nail salons in North America because it was something to do um, and it was like a nail having a nail date was stunning and I kind of was like I would love to open something like that in Dublin. There was great nail bars in Dublin, um, but I wanted it to be something that was sociable mm. and loud and tacky and kind of not really a tr- well. Hopefully, it is a treat, but not just about treating yourself to the to the uh, treatment, but more about the experience. Mm. And uh, so, I just love the idea of creating this kind of community driven place where people would go in groups and make it a social occasion and when we were setting it up it was more like I thought about how people would feel when they left the place Mm. rather like that was as opposed to the treatments we would offer so that was more when I was putting it together it was like like what do I want it to be with what do I want it to look like yeah what do I want people to feel like when they left so that was really important driver for how we hired and what we did and what we continue to do in the projects we do etc so um that's kind of how it came about we were just laughing last night we were all telling our favorite stories and memories and Michelle's was uh, the day we opened, we had no nail varnish. And she's like, it's just so typical of Trop Pop. We're like, yeah, we're a nail bar, no nail varnish. And 
Like me and Michelle didn't know how to do nails. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that to you. Like, sure, look, we'll figure it out. Um, (laughs) But I was going to say it makes sense that that kind of experiential element was what was important to you because you are not a nail artist. um, And, you know, I think that's one of the funniest and also most inspirational things about you guys as kind of business starters is that you're not nail artists, but that doesn't mean you don't have an appreciation for nail art and that, and and it, I think it, it is kind of a proof that Trap Pop is about so much more than just the nails. Yeah, and obviously the nails are really important and... And they're we, really, obviously, I just, you know, full disclosure, I've been a customer of Tropical Popples for the guts of those 10 years, so I know you guys are good. <laughs> um, but also, it's not just about the nail art as well, like, it is important that the quality of the the basics are really important to us as well. And we work really hard on that. And that can kind of be over, like you can kind of forget about all that, but that is Mm. like our bread and butter. And that is something we work really hard on. Mm. And then all the extra stuff, like we have this saying for all new starters and all our team meetings is like, the nails are obviously 60% of why people come to Trap Pop, but 40% of that is for the experience. So like how they feel. So that is, we do focus on nails, obviously, Mm. but we, we do try to add the bells and whistles as well. Yeah, and I think that's true because sometimes you go into beauty businesses like I have been to, sorry, Andrea, I have been to other nail salons. Um, <gasps> I know that's yes. hard, hard for you to hear. Um, not very often, it has to be said. As have I. But there is a different feeling. Like it is a, it is a feeling that's in there. Like you never feel like people are like, bitching about each other behind their back or like and I mean I'm sure that like that happens everywhere to a certain extent but like there's an overall like a very positive kind of community feeling in the salon and and I can see it with like you know obviously I'm a regular but I see it with the way that the customers are treated across the board whether they are people who are in there you know every every kind of two or three weeks or whether they're people who come in for a special occasion or whatever like you know they everybody seems to get the same welcome it's it's very special what you've created are you proud of it oh I love it so much every time I go through a hard time with Trap Pop and that has it's been a really hard time the last few months um I I just go back to how it makes me feel for Mm. creating it and in terms of what a a business could be and in my mind should be in Mm. terms of uh, how it makes us feel the like pushing the boundaries of success and what success can look like and without being driven by a growth and accumulation mm. uh, strategy and providing um, a place for our staff to feel comfortable and happy mm. and supported and and rewarded and um and the experiences that are provided to them but also then how our customers feel so all in all that's something that I am really proud of and then also the things that we get to do and the results of what we turn out yeah is yeah definitely I am proud so you touched on there kind of your business ethos and I think it's it's I know you've done literally a TED talk about this um about your kind of feelings about expansion say in terms of business and growing a business you know in terms of like say you could have five trap pops if you wanted easily around the country but that's not something that you want to do can you explain a little bit about that and why that's not your focus I kind of joked when I did the TED talk I was like I'm literally the worst business person in the world uh because business by its very nature as being part of a capitalist society is to make as much money as you can uh, using 
whatever resources you can to like make as much profit as you can Mm -hmm. and it often feels like by whatever way or means possible now obviously there's growth of so many ethical businesses but I was kind of like if we have enough to like provide a great life for me a great life for our team and can do focus on doing what we like doing like I opened Trap Pop because I love talking to people I love being in the salon I love doing fun projects and that's where I thrive and if I was to open more then my time is going to be spent on HR it's going to be spent on yeah. risk assessment it's going to be spent on spent on all that crap that mm. that you have to do as a business and obviously you can get people to do that but if you're so focused on growing you're kind of missing the day-to-day which was so important for me and um when you're focused on expansion and growth it's like to what cost and what to what detriment of what are you losing by focusing on that um and like I did then have kind of like a, a breakdown of thought during COVID when we were like oh god are we going to survive we don't we didn't focus on accumulation so now we don't have anything accumulated for this period yeah like if I had a focused on accumulation would we be in a better position but at this but you can't plan for situations that are completely out of our control and if you do you're you're kind of living in a pathway of fear yeah um, like trying to make money and save and all of the things for what might go wrong rather than what could go right. And and I COVID, think, like, I mean, it's uh, like no, matter, no one could have predicted that. Like that was such a 100%. bizarre surprise set of circumstances. And what was good about COVID as well is that it was across the board. Now, yeah. obviously, like a lot of businesses that thrived and made a lot of money, but no matter how much you had of accumulated as a service business, you it would have all been like completely eradicated so there was no thing we could have done by making our business more focused on growth and accumulation Mm. that would have made that better so it's like how can we live our lives every day and in the best way possible and I was saw somebody who was in addiction and they had this uh uh tagline of JFT and it's just for today Mm. and I just that really speaks to me in terms of like we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring so Mm. how can you make this day the best day you have by living by what you believe in and not sacrificing those morals beliefs or like what way you want the world to be the only way you can control that is by acting like that as opposed to expecting other people to change or do that you just have to be the change you want to see in the world I'm getting very Eckhart Tolle here no (laughs) no but it's true and you know one of the things I wanted to ask you about is the fact that you are look you're a nail bar but you are politically engaged and you know particularly during the referenda like the marriage equality referendum and the repeal referendum you know as a business you guys really engaged and you know got involved because obviously you know your clientele are mostly young women um, mm-hmm. and I know I've, I've read and I've heard you speak about this that you felt like it was a great opportunity to engage them politically. Yeah I think having had conversations in our whatsapp group about these things it was very obvious that there was that where we were before repeal women's issues didn't seem to be a red line issue for politicians and of course they weren't because most women i don't say generalized but a lot of young women weren't 
engaged in politics because it's not presented in a way that is in where they speak or what media they consume. So yeah. it's like, if you could mobilize all these people, then all these issues would become red line issues. So yeah. how do that by going to their spaces, talking the way they talk mm. and engage. And like, that's, that's communications 101. It's like, find your audience and then speak to them the way they, the way they like to be talked to. Mm. So it was definitely uh, just going, oh my God, there's such a gap here of mm. people aren't being talked to and if you could talk to them and then they they realize that politics it does affect their daily lives and it is something that they can control and be part of and then if you I hate using the word empower but if you empower them to then use their voice then like why not would it be in a nail salon yeah they are yeah and I know I remember like around even just being in the salon and having chats with the girls and like you know it's funny I was in I was in there last week and I was looking at one of I won't name one of your employees and I was thinking god I have watched you go from a teenager to a woman you know and I was like wow it's it's you know when you go regularly somewhere you do you know care about the people who are there obviously and I remember seeing and, and having conversations with them and you know seeing things click and seeing them get like emotional about these things and really passionate about them and it was it was amazing to see did you get any negative feedback for the positions that you took as a business ah yeah like all the time lashed out of it online but like I think at the st- and that was a really good learning for me because before it I was a bit afraid to take a stance because Hunreal was running separately to Trap Pop. Yeah, so, so Hunreal uh, Issues was was what your your kind of campaigning platform. platform. Yeah. yeah, and I made the decision to integrate Trap Pop like Hunreal into Trap Pop. Like mm. we sell merch and had mm. visibility in the salon and used the platform uh, to communicate and. The first the, at the start, I was like, "Oh God, am I going to have like protests outside the salon?" Yeah. Because I had to think about where we were before repeal. Like now, yeah. it's like, "Oh yeah, we're all bopping around in our repeal jumpers." And like before Anna Cosgrave made them, it was like it was like it was quite. You kind of felt a bit nervous wearing your jumper. The yeah. first few times I wore my repeal jumper, I was a bit nervous walking around, and you forget about that now that we're through it. Yeah, but I was definitely nervous about integrating trap hop into it, and I was like, "But." okay, it might affect your business and you might lose clients, but is it the right thing to do? Of course it is. You believe in this. And like, if this is going to be your your business and what your business is built on and, and you talk so much about women and all that kind of stuff, of course you have, it's the right decision. And even now, like with trans rights and all the turf trolling and stuff, we've been doing a bit with Tenny and we were advised of like, oh, if you're going to commun- if you're going to do stuff online, turn off replies. And I did the first few times. And now I'm like, do you know what? We're able to handle that. We're women. Um, and uh, if people are going to feel like they can come for us, we're well able for it because we've been through it. And like we went through so much, I suppose, online abuse, but kind of just brushed over it and just like jog on. Yeah. If you want your life like that that's fine and trying really hard not to let it affect us mm. and like obviously it does and but like for repeal I was living with Mazer at the time so mm. it kind of felt like we could work through it and mm. past it without making an issue of it so that was kind of how we we dealt with it we'd kind of 
just kind of make not make a fun but just find the lightness in it yeah. as opposed to the darkness of the abuse take yeah. over because it's just an energy that you can't take on because yeah that, you I, have I, to look at the people giving the abuse and why they're doing it. yeah and it's never a good reason <laughs> um I, I actually just had a flashback I think I ran into you and Mazer the day of the repeal referendum I think you guys were on your way to vote or like on your way home and I don't even know why I ran into you but I just remember that feeling of like you know hopefulness and also a little bit of fear and you know wondering what was going to come and god aren't we so glad and um, these years on that we had the result that we had and you know obviously there's still work to be done but um you know it really oh was god, before that referendum oh. like like we like I just know that I kept going okay what else can I do what else yeah like fashion like something yeah. else just another project it was like yeah if you we can't get to this referendum and after it feel like oh my god I wish I had it done more yeah so it just was so yeah what a wild time. yeah what a wild yeah. time totally um, so I think something that's really come through in our conversation and, and you know, obviously in everything that you've done really as a business owner over the last 10 years is the fact that you prioritize principle over kind of financial gain when it comes to your business. And obviously to my accountant's rate. <laughs> I would be oh, interested. That's an decision, Andrea. <laughs> but obviously it's it's why you can kind of feel good about it. So I'm interested to know what advice you would give if there's someone listening and they have a business idea or they're thinking about starting a business but they they want to do it in a way that's kind of in sync with their own personal ethics and morals like you know what advice would you give I think the main thing is to not be afraid know what they are know what they are and like it's you have to define it because if you if you don't know what they are then you can kind of get caught up and yeah just going along with things mm -hmm. whereas when you're like actually I don't want to do that and knowing what to do and don't want to do and mm -hmm. then not being afraid and like we get slagged or like Phoenix are flat out rock slagging us in articles all the time about like how we don't perform financially or whatever they want to do and it's like a we're not for you readers of the Phoenix so it's it's not really any of your business and b like I am confident enough to know that like I go asleep every night being proud of what we stand for and what we do and I don't have like oh god any like qualms about my morals being like compromised I don't feel bad about anything we do and I am happy to stand over everything we do and that and be proud of it and that's worth more to me than any money and like I'm lucky that I have a nice life um well definitely pre-covid I did uh but we're getting back <laughs> but, like, uh, it's definitely that makes it easier to be like, okay, I've got everything I can possibly need to be content. If you get off the train of trying to keep up with a capitalist world and especially a social media led world um, where unboxing is a big thing and mm -hmm. things are all, are constant um, and start being content in your actual self, then having loads of money and striving for that kind of comes secondary because you're literally doing what you love every day mm. with people you like doing it with creating results that are fill you with joy mm. and and having enough money to survive that's key because that's the the privileged position that I'm able to do all this because I do have the income then to be able to I have a house and I have somewhere to live yeah. and I have like I can go on holidays and I can buy things if I want to 
so that there is a privilege to what I say. So I'm always cognizant of like, it's all well and good going, oh yeah, escape the economy more, live your no, best life. No, but I life. get it. What you're saying is assess what you need to be happy, what you really need to be happy. And so I know for you, like holidays are important to you. A nice, you know, the odd nice piece of jewelry is important to you, but yeah. like you don't necessarily, but once you know that you can meet those needs and like, I'm, you know, I'm using air quotes because technically they're not needs, but needs for, you know, your optimum happiness or whatever, that then if you accept that actually I don't need to be a millionaire I actually only need this much and then therefore if I meet that goal then I can use the rest or whatever to do different things or you know I can simply stop and just enjoy my life as it is I get what you're saying it's that constant kind of feeling that you have to be striving for more for more for more you know be richer be richer if you have a house get another house if you have you know 10 pieces of jewelry get 15 if you've got a one carat diamond I don't even know is that enormous I have no idea get a two carat diamond but I get it I get what you're saying and it's it's and, and you're right, because in the world that we live in now, we don't stop to think, what do I actually need? Um, that's something that we all kind of, because of the conversation around fast fashion, some of us are having that kind of moment of self-reflection in terms of our wardrobes where you're like, oh, well, how many times will I wear this? Or, you know, as opposed to before, just mindlessly kind of purchasing clothing over and over again. And I guess it's about expanding that line of thought to your entire life. 100%. And like realizing that, like, the world is like climate change is really catching mm. up and like the resort and I hate using the word resources for anything that's natural in the world but like our resources are finite like they're running out mm. and we keep hem we keep utilizing them and using them using them using them using them more 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 because we're all obsessed with like things and stuff and um as opposed to nature get into nature <laughs> I have really enjoyed watching you getting into nature in, in the recent years, Andrea. Last year. I discovered nature last year. I can't believe now more people haven't followed. I can't believe so nobody had paid attention to it before. It's shocking. Yeah. It's right wow. there. <laughs> Andrea Horing, congratulations on 10 years of Tropical Popical. Um, I'll be in there next week and every three weeks after that. Um, I think you've done something really special and I really appreciate you taking the time to chat to me today. Oh, I loved it. Thanks, Louise. <laughs> It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, there is apps 
absolutely loads of celeb news this week between the Halloween costumes <coughs> and the usual drama. Fortunately, we were in the safe hands of podcaster or the content to guide us through the stories and she got some great news of her own this week. Well, I am so delighted, Orla, that you are back with us again. It's Orla Condon. You may know her from my pod on paper and, of course, her new pop culture podcast, Don't Quote Me. How are you doing? You've had a big week. I've had a big week. I got engaged. Um, am I sick of talking about it? Yes, but I'm also very aware that, like, this part of interest will go very quickly. So <laughs> I'm kind of milking it for all it's worth as well, like cringing through the storytelling, but also like trying to enjoy it. I know. Um, so the thing I found weird when I got engaged was like straight away people were like, so what are you thinking about the wedding? And I was like, I, what? I haven't had a minute to even process yeah. this. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And we have quite a few friends at the minute who are getting married. So we kind of keep deflecting to them. We're like, we don't know, but the girls are doing this because we're like in yeah. no rush. Like absolutely, we just want to like, absolutely milk the engagement to be honest we're kind of like yeah. how many bottles of Prosecco are we going to get out of this like yeah. let's keep going and see how far it gets us yes um so yeah we're in no rush but there yeah there is a tendency and I think people are better in that they're saying like oh you might know I know pressure but what's the plan yeah <laughs> they wrap yeah, yeah, it yeah, in yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh no pressure but also I'd love to know where you're thinking of booking and it's like I haven't a clue like a well, whole world of information is now flooding into my whatsapps and I'm like what is this yeah I think also sometimes people just assume that you've kind of been thinking about it or planning it for like you know what you might like or like thinking about what you might be into for ages yeah but like not everybody lives that way no and then also like I definitely had like I worked for one fab day for what the bridal website for a yeah. while. So I like, I was very in that wedding space. So I definitely have ideas of what I like and don't, mm. but then it's like the reality of when it comes, you're like, Oh, but now it's actually happening. And it's not just me. There's two people and mm. she kind of gets a say. So yeah. she probably <laughs> yeah. have a conversation. Um, so yeah, it's like, I just kind of want to enjoy yeah. that really corny. Like we want to enjoy right now, but like, I'm, it's like everything these moments pass and you're like oh god I really should have milked that a little bit more a so, million yeah, percent to, yeah yeah I try think, and bathe in this moment a little bit oh I think you are absolutely right I think that's the right the right way to take it because as you say it's a it's a you know I it, hopefully a one-off thing that you'll experience in your life <laughs> yeah. and you know you're right you won't get it back so anyway I'm delighted for yeah. you so happy thank for you, you too I appreciate it thank you so you much you are so welcome um okay we've got loads to talk about in the world of entertainment this week and of course we have yes. to start with Halloween because it was Halloween on Monday and Halloween in the world of celebs has really gone big now hasn't it yeah it is like a full Hollywood production isn't it like and yeah. I, do you know what I kind of appreciate the hustle they kind of owe us that like they owe us a good show on Halloween mm. and what I love about Halloween in Hollywood now thanks to people like Heidi Klum who I know we want, we want to talk about is that we have moved away from like the sexy spider yeah. and like slutty sponge yeah. and like I can't I can't be making any object around the house slightly sexy by wearing some kind of stocking like <laughs> yeah. I love that she like fully leans into the guts and the gore and the kind of grossness because yeah. it just means you can kind of have a little bit more fun with Halloween rather than it being like why am I shivering in a Victoria's Secret corset yeah with a pair of stupid animal ears on my head you know? yeah and I mean look they're still like sexying it up out there like you had Kendall Jenner's uh, Jesse from Toy Story but like wearing assless chops <laughs> Like, okay. I, that was like that was blasphemous I was like this is a children's character Kendall for God's you sake, look great Kendall. please is nothing sacred won't someone think what does Joan kids? Collins feel about like or Joan Cusack what does Joan Cusack feel about this <laughs> yeah exactly that's a good question um and then like you had people like Kim Kardashian obviously she did um 
Oh my god, what is that character called? The the blue person from X Men. It's not Electra. Someone's screaming this at us, right? Mystique. Is yeah, that her yeah, name? Yeah. 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 Um, which yeah. is just done over and over again because basically you get to just be naked but painted blue with a few bumps on. Although I did see someone saying yeah. that Kim Kardashian's actually tr- like genuinely seems to be angling for a role in a Marvel film. Um, which like lol, I don't see that happening. Um, but let's talk about some of the other the, the other costumes. You mentioned Heidi Klum, and I think we are all still just processing (laughs) Heidi Klum's Halloween costume yeah it was it was it was the eyes and the teeth for me (laughs) it was so freakish to see like the yellowed eyes and like the little brown teeth just like peeking out through this like layer of skin it was the freakiest thing ever and like I just love that she like I mean she is regarded as one of the most beautiful women in the world yeah, like all this kind of stuff and I love that she just leans into the kind of gore and the gross and yeah she's not she's not she doesn't hyper sexualize herself in every costume yeah definitely a time and place for that as well but I just love that she kind of leans into the madness yeah this was freakish I think this was probably one of her most like upsetting to look at costumes (laughs) like it was just like her moving around she couldn't walk she was like shimmying her feet and like rolling on the floor it took two years to like conceptualize and make which I totally believe because I imagine the like engineering of getting her in there and having her be able to move at some way you know like yeah I mean, she can't have been wearing thing. it for long. And she, because she was wearing like essentially a sparkly unitard underneath. No, yeah. actually, that's not fair. Unitard makes it sound a lot less sexy than it was, but like she was wearing almost nothing, like, like a load a of gems suit. underneath. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A nude, transparent mesh sparkly thing so like she can't have been in the worm costume for that long because I mean just in terms of even just your temperature you would die no you couldn't but, like she couldn't drink anything or like walk it was like there's no way but, go to the toilet yeah no exactly it's not but I mean what a moment she gave us I for me it was the lying on the ground <laughs> lying on oh the ground God, like giving me and then giving the interview to Entertainment Tonight while she was lying on the ground. Like that image is, br- I want to, I said on in my Instagram, I want to project it at my funeral. Like it is oh God, so, so surreal and hilarious and just such Can a kind of. Can you imagine that entertainment reporter as well being like, I'm going to have to just crouch I here know. and get as close to her I face know. as I can. But like what an antidote to so much of the kind of bullshit <laughs> kind yeah. of you know beauty ideals kind of stuff that we get given I just yeah props to her yeah. I absolutely loved it so um, good and fun fact if you google Heidi Klum right now there are worms I won't say where or what it looks like but I'm it was doing a surprise it right now. to me I was like how responsive of google to be like let's get in on this action is it coming up for you something I there's something happening but I think I'm in the wrong browser I'll do it later in a different browser have that joy later I will I will Um, (laughs) and thank you for that tip Um, one Halloween costume which I saw a lot of which I wasn't so into was Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee Um, so many people did this yeah so Megan Fox and Shingo Kelly did it Jesse Nelson and her friend Noah Sappen did it and it's just like it's the same issue that I had with the like the Pam and Tommy Disney Plus series Mm. and like the whole idea of just 
I don't know. This was and like Pamela and, and sources close to her and her representatives have said that this period in her life when she was married to Tommy Lee was a very traumatic period of her life yeah. and that she wants to put it behind her and she hates talking about it in interviews. She hates discussing it. She Not hated that that any, series was made. She hated the series. Yeah. She just didn't feel like, feel like it clearly represented her and, and the, the reality of that situation. So yes, while I, I get that like that look is very trendy right now, I think there is a responsibility, especially if you're going to walk a, a carpet or put it on social media with a large font. there's a responsibility on you to look up like is is this actually just a look or is there more to this and like Tommy Lee Jones was arrested for spousal battery like he served yeah. six months in prison like yeah you're just kind a of good relationship romanticizing a toxic relationship and like I can understand it because really what it comes down to I mean why do people choose this costume and it's because Pamela yeah. Anderson is incredibly hot and so is Tommy Lee so like you can you get to look really hot and sexy and like sex yeah. yourself up for Halloween which at the end of the day is still what a lot of people um want to do insert mean girls quote here yeah um but you know you have to think about the underlying relationship that you're glamorizing which was problematic and there is and Pamela Anderson as you say is still out here saying no this was a terrible time in my life like stop drawing attention to it so yeah not so into that and then another costume which has gotten some attention oh come here this is (sighs) I didn't see this until you sent it to me and I was like I kind of resent you for bringing this into my life like what was this but we have I feel like you have to acknowledge this so Conor McGregor um we know who he is, uh, celebrated Halloween with his family in Dublin. And there was a photo posted, which I believe has been taken down now. Um, it has, yeah, that's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was a photo posted of him with all of his extended family, his siblings and his kids and blah, 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 and his mother. And his mother was wearing a costume that was kind of like, it was like a red pattern dress with kind of some, some like bones on it, almost like Flintstone style. And her yeah. face was completely black. And so obviously the internet was like, uh, sorry, why is your face painted black? Like it doesn't, you know, this doesn't look good. And I saw lots of content creators, black content creators saying, you know, this is blackface. This is totally inappropriate. Um, yeah. But when they were criticized or like, tell us about the response. Oh, come here. So like she's clearly dressed as a cave woman, right? She's clearly, yeah. like you said, his bones everywhere. It's very flinching. Like that's clearly what she's dressed as. And mm. she clearly has blackface on. Mm. And they put out a statement saying that like all this the accusations of blackface were, were incorrect they said the McGregor family loves Halloween Mrs McGregor had spiders painted on her face since her costume was of a ghoul risen from the grave any other interpretation was just wrong and truly unfortunate I honestly would have preferred if they just fessed up and were like yeah, yeah look hold our hands up totally important like how do you think that anyone is going to believe? Like, we can see the pictures. People have screenshotted them. It's just... It's the ignorance as well of posting it all over social media. Like, it, it's the fact that that they felt that was fine to put on their social... It, and I mean, it wasn't just Connor. It was other siblings as well who put it up. Mm. It's like, you you took these pictures, you laughed about her costume, and then you put it up on social media and not even... Maybe you didn't even realize there was anything wrong, which is an issue in itself. Mm. But then when people drew your attention to the fact that this is extremely, extremely inappropriate and, like, not something that has any place in 2022... You then double down and create a story that like I like I mean, I just don't believe that that this was spiders. Anyone who could find the picture on Google Images. Yeah, you can you make up your own mind. You can see a spider yeah, in there, exactly. but like 
You can read it's the statements just... and make up your own mind, but it's it's a little bit hard to believe. You know what's frustrating yeah. about this is, look, none of us are perfect people, right? And we're all learning all the time. And I remember actually probably about 10 years ago, um, someone I knew not well wore blackface at Halloween. I can't remember who they were dressed up as. It was like Diana Ross or something. And I decided to wade in <laughs> and I just said hey um someone else had said you know this isn't that I, this actually isn't cool and the person was kind of arguing back this was on Facebook that's how long ago it was um, and the girl was kind of arguing back and like what are you talking about like I love Diana Ross um you know blah 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 and the person was like no like you know it's it's actually you know not okay to do this anymore and I came in and was like you know hey I was like here's a link to like a piece about why this is offensive and you know why we really shouldn't be doing it anymore more and she was super defensive about it but in the end she was like okay look I you know I I accept it and like what what would be better is if in these instances when people make mistakes if they did hold their hands up and say do you know what I did not know that this was a problem and that's my own ignorance and I know better now and I will do better now because I don't expect people to be the finished product but to pretend that like you didn't even yeah. do something is is the is e- almost a bigger problem in my opinion. Like use yeah. it as a learning opportunity. Use it as an opportunity to teach other people that like actually no we don't do this anymore and here's why. And um, yeah. yeah, it's very frustrating. Anyway, we'll park that there. And um, now Daniel Radcliffe is back on people's hero list this week because he has been speaking again about why he felt he had to respond to J.K. Rowling's um, general commentary on trans rights. Yes, I mean, J.K. Rowling has, again, multiple examples. Google them. There's tons there. It's well documented on this podcast, even. Like, come here. It's just, it's never ending. There seems to be no change, no understanding at all. Um, The original comments, I think, that people will probably remember is uh, the people who get periods, the people who menstruate comment where she poked fun at at that um, being written somewhere and and joked about you know I think they're called women woman whatever and and put up that tweet and I think that was one of the first ones that most people were like sorry what the hell is she saying and like does she actually realize the impact of what she's saying Mm. and at the time many of the Harry Potter stars including Daniel Radcliffe came out and responded on Twitter to her comments Daniel Radcliffe actually put out a kind of an essay or an open letter at the time I think it was 2022 2020 basically said 2020 sorry of course sorry um where he basically said that like she doesn't speak on behalf of the franchise and Mm. that you know trans women are women and to question that is a very dangerous place Mm. to be and a very dangerous position to put trans people in Mm. and he has come back and doubled down on those comments as he has many times kind of in over the years in different Mm. interviews but he's basically said that you know through Harry Potter and through the franchise he met so many queer and trans people who felt a kind of a sense of belonging in that environment in that fandom Mm. and whether they were represented personally on screen or not felt that that was a safe space for them when they were growing up and and kind of trying to figure out their identity and all that kind of stuff and he felt that JK's comments damage that and damage that feeling Mm. of belonging for a lot of those fans and he wanted to make sure that he as one of the most visible representations of the Harry Potter franchise was very clearly standing with them Mm. and I think 
I think it's it's so sad because Harry Potter and look, there's loads of t- commentary on kind of TikTok about you know what Harry Potter is to millennials, mm. X's to Gen Z's, and all this kind of stuff. But and whether you read the books, you know, back to front or not, or watched the movies, there's no denying the impact that franchise had on Enormous. our generation growing Enormous, up, yeah. and the place it holds as like us and and like that these characters weren't you know clearly depicted on the, on the franchise but there was something about it that made you feel like everyone belonged yeah and I think she fractured that so much by making mm. those comments and this stuff bleeds from the top and she is the top and yeah. I think it was super important for someone yeah. like Daniel Radcliffe to come out and say actually no yeah. we do not stand with this person yeah and the cast have all rallied around that similar message and I mm. think there is that separation now between mm. kind of JK Rowling and the writing but also what the franchise now lives on as yeah. with the cast yeah you know yeah, although I did see that Rafe Fiennes was uh, speaking in support of J.K. Rowling, but he was kind of like talking about the abuse she gets and stuff. And Is it's this like this cancel culture thing where he like where people are like, well, it's just like, look, I don't love cancel culture either, no. but like there's holding people to account as well and like no exactly and like you know look I don't think that anyone should be getting death threats and rape threats ever. Like I don't think that that's ever acceptable, but. You know, there's a lot of genuine and um, legitimate criticism leveled at J.K. Rowling and to kind of write it all off as like, you know, people being unreasonable on the internet is is not cool. Anyway. And the reality is they're the kind of threats that transgender people face. Exactly. All day, all every day. Yeah, that's what that's exactly so, what I said. I was like, okay, well, keep that same energy when you're talking about yeah. the abuse that trans people pace, experience guys. every day. Um, okay, we're kind of staying in the world of the LGBTQ plus community. This story this week broke my heart. Um, so sad. So... I actually haven't seen all of Heartstopper, um, but I've oh, seen so a good, good bit of. Yeah, I just please. haven't. Honestly, oh. it's not out of lack of desire. I just, um, I just, you, you just didn't drop I, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bravo takes up all of my life. I know. <laughs> I totally get it. You're like, but I could be watching a lot of women bickering over yeah, Rose. Exactly. Like, I just um, but anyway, Heart Heartstopper is obviously a show about two queer teenagers, isn't it? Yeah, it's about um one. Two, yeah, it's about a, a, high, a high school in the UK and it's about one guy who is gay and trying to figure that out and he's he's come out and he's getting used to his identity and people are in the school are getting used to his identity and he's trying to find his tribe um, and he meets this guy in high school who he gets on really well with, he has a bit of a crush on, they mm. form a really close friendship and then it's this question of, oh well actually is, is this guy interested in me as well? Mm. He's not out um, and it's the whole story of Kit Connor's character character Mm. kind of figuring out where he thinks he sits on the spectrum and Mm. and how comfortable he is with identifying that way Mm. at that age Mm. and it's literally life imitating art now with Kit Connor coming out being like I was forced to come out and he had come off Twitter because of the constant pressure to I like to self-identify and what his sexuality looks like and then he came back to be like, yeah, look, I'm back. I'm 18 years of age and I'm bi. Like, well done, you guys, for forcing me to come out of the closet. Yeah. Like, and it's just so. And even the, yeah, the tweet is so sad. Out, it says, I'm bi. Congrats for forcing an 18 year old to out himself. I think some of you yeah. missed the point of the show. Bye. And this is it. It's the whole point of the show is is Kip Connor's character trying to figure out when he is ready mm. and figure out firstly what what he thinks he is and where he thinks he sits on that spectrum but then also when he's ready and how yeah. does he vocalize that to the people in his life and it's and look for some people it's an it's an easier experience than others mm. and I think 
his journey on the show was the kind of struggling with his identity and to see him now being forced and he had done so many interviews around the release where he was constantly asked Mm. about about his sexuality and he constantly just said I prefer not to identify so he had been really 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 clear Mm. about the fact that he did not want to talk about Mm. it so the fact that he was just constantly berated and Mm. constantly you know people were constantly presuming his sexuality and constantly putting that on him Mm. and you know reading into pictures and his his presence at the pride parade in London this summer Mm. and as if you know you can't be you know straight and at pride and all yeah. that and it was just like this constant pressure on him at 18 years of age to like publicly declare who he is is just like horrible yeah it, it really is and like you know I saw someone kind of saying on Twitter they were like you know is this the what happens when you kind of insist that gay roles are played by gay actors and I was like well you know these kind of conversations are tricky because they are so sensitive and I understand that people want proper representation but um you know when you're talking about a kid like yeah come on like you know the idea that there were grown adults putting this pressure on him is just awful yeah and like there's just like I just think there's no like I just think me if I was going into interviewing for whatever platform you would look at previous interviews to see what he said, to try and get yeah, your questions together. Yeah, and leave it. And you would see that, okay, this is something that he does not want yeah. to acknowledge and you'd leave it. And, yeah. But it's, so for me, it's like, why was it constantly for a year and since constantly being asked? And the writer of, of the books has come out and said like, you know, this is exactly what the show was about and how you could do this to Kit in real life after watching the series is just baffling. Yeah. Um, Scott Bryan is an amazing uh, TV critic in the UK. He does a brilliant um, yes. newsletter on what to watch. Right and stuff. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And he wrote a piece for British Vogue about Kit Connor, which is called Kit Connor Didn't Owe Us Anything. And I'm going to share that, a link to that in the show notes if you want to read more about this. Orla, would you believe we are well out of time? Um, are we wrapped? We are. All we were going to mention is the very sad news that um, Takeoff from Migos was shot and killed in Houston this week, which I know that there's a there's a very large conversation happening online at the moment about kind of the culture, that kind of culture and the culture also of sharing videos online because there were videos of, I believe, his body yeah. shared online before his family had even been notified, like really horrible stuff. So maybe it's for yeah. the best, actually, that we didn't get to get into it this morning and we'll just leave it there. Um, Orla, thank you so much. Continue to enjoy Thanks. the Prosecco and celebrations. Thank you. I will. And, I uh, totally will. We'll talk if to you soon. If anyone needs my address to send me more Prosecco, I can give it to you in the DMs. No bother at all. <laughs> Don't forget, you can catch up with Orla on her own um, pop culture podcast, which is called Don't Quote Me. Um, and uh, it's really excellent. I know your guest this week is Connor B, and you got into some housewife stuff. So lots of good stuff we, happening yeah, there. We had to sneak in a housewife's chat. Come on, no. you can't have Connor B in on the podcast and not talk about housewives. I've got to I've got to figure out a way to get my housewives bit. I am I know. thinking about doing a bonus episode, maybe. I don't know. It's I got to talk about those housewives. Okay. I just yet, yeah, no, truly. It, Every week I'm like, right, not this week, Orla, not this week. And then I'm like, it just slips in. I just can't. I know, yeah. I know. Thank you, Orla. Thanks, Louise. Now it's time for me to head away, but thank you so much for being with me this week. I will say... Um, there's a story going around today that Johnny Depp is apparently going to have some sort of spotlight role in Rihanna's Savage X Fenty show. Um, 
and it, that only came out after I'd spoken to Orla. So that's why it wasn't addressed there. I am distraught. Rihanna, what the hell? We were all rooting for you. Um, and to be honest, I'm just hoping it's not true. Hopefully by the time you're actually listening to this, we will have had confirmation that it's not true because why would you do that? Why would you do that? Like he would be the first ever kind of man to be spotlit in that way as part of the show, which is like a safe space. It's so inclusive and positive. Why would you please let it not be true? <laughs> Everything crossed. In terms of recommendations, I don't have a lot for you. I feel like I'm really failing on this front. I'll be honest, it's because I've been super, super busy um, with work and I have honestly lots of nights been putting the kids to bed and then working for another couple of hours and then just going to bed. And so there hasn't been a lot of time for kind of reading or watching TV or anything that isn't work or the kids. Um, so yeah, sorry about that. What I will say is I watched Hustle on Netflix. Um, it's an Adam Sandler film. I really enjoy films where people triumph over adversity through sport or the arts. Um, it's one of my favorite genres of film. And this is kind of that, but not really. And um, it's a film about a kind of underdog wannabe basketball coach who's actually a scout kind of nurturing a young basketball player to make it in the NBA uh, you know you don't have to be into basketball to enjoy it it's just enjoyable it's a little bit cheesy but like it's an easy watch it's a nice way to spend a couple of hours Adam Sandler's very good at it and um if you wanted something to watch if you find it hard to find something to watch with a male partner shall we say who's into sport this is probably a good a good bridge for that divide there you go that's all I have for you, my friends. I would be so, so, so grateful. I can't emphasize it enough if you would rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. And if you could, if you could rack your brain for one person in your life who doesn't listen to the podcast, who you think would enjoy it, that like I know there's a lot of people who listen internationally because they find it a good way to kind of keep in touch with what's going on at home. And um, I know there are lots of busy parents who like it because they don't really get to pay attention. I know there's lots of college students who like it because they're really busy in college life and they still get to feel like they're kind of informed about what's going on. If there's one person you could recommend it to this week, that would be just amazing for me. I really want to grow this so that I can do more with it. As I mentioned there with Orla, um, you know, there's lots more I'd like to do, like for example, a Housewives episode maybe once a month or every two weeks. Um, but at the moment, in order to keep the rest of my life going, I have to do so much other work that I kind of can't spend as much time on expanding the podcast as I'd like to. So the more I can grow the podcast, the more time I can spend on it, and then the more I can do with it. So as I, anyway, sorry, I think I've done my hard sell. I hope you have an absolutely lovely week. If you can't have a lovely week, that's okay too. I will be back with you next Friday and just put one foot in front of the other. That's all you can do and get through. And if you do manage to have a brilliant week, I'm delighted for you I have everything crossed that I'm gonna have a good one and um, no matter what we'll get through it together thank you so much to Acast and to my all of my wonderful contributors I will talk to you next time
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.